Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. And we're at Soldier Field where, Jason, I think we just witnessed a really, 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 really bad thing for the Bears. We'll talk about all that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, the final score says 38-20, but somehow it wasn't even that close. The Bears were throttled by their rival, the Packers. The Bears, who spent all offseason telling this stuff was going to be different. Pat, let me stop you right there. It's going to get better. <laughs> it's going to get better. It can't get worse. Well, I don't really know why it's going to be better, but that's just what they say around here. Yeah, that is what they say all the time. We Bears spent the entire offseason talking about how uh, stuff was going to be different. Justin Fields was going to have people to throw to, people to block for him. Bears defense was going to have almost $100 million worth of middle linebackers and an improved pass rush uh, with Unique Ngakwe signed at the at the last second. And pretty much it was all horrible today, Jason. It looked, I, it looked the same. Oh, my God, well, yeah. So much of it looked the same as last year. It, Everything's changed, but this all like the style of it, the flow of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, even everything changed for Green Bay, Pat. Yep. A different quarterback, and it's like... This looked the same. Yep. And this is, I mean, you look at, you know, uh, (laughs) let's talk real quick about Aaron Jones. He's probably the best player on the field. He caught, uh, the running back caught two passes for 86 yards and a touchdown. He had nine carries for 41 yards. You look at what the Packers did on, uh, with the run, 32 carries for 92 yards. And you go, oh my God, that wasn't very good at all. But then you factor in that the entire fourth quarter was spent with the Packers playing with a lead and just uh, not, you know, being okay running, or I guess they were okay running the ball two yards a pop. Uh, You look at Jordan Love, who, you know, last I checked is not Aaron Rodgers, but he finishes with a pass rating of 123.2. Jason, only twice since the merger have the Bears given up a higher passer rating in the opener. One was to Matthew Stafford on his way to winning the Super Bowl with the Rams. And the other was a guy named Aaron Rodgers. Was there really that big a difference between Aaron Rodgers last year and Jordan Love this year? I, I think no. It's, you know, I, it's going to be really interesting now to follow Jordan Love throughout the season. And I have no reason to think he won't be good. Right. But you've seen plenty over the last couple of years where the Bears make these guys that aren't that great look amazing. Yep. I mean, think how many people have come in. This goes back to, I think, 20... 20, Patrick. Oh, further. I'm going to Blaine Gabbert with the 49ers <laughs> way before that. But I'm, yes. Well, I'm thinking like, you know, when things started to get good in 2018, they had an extremely good defense. 2019, they still had a really good defense. 2020 was when I'd, I started to notice that all of these just B-level quarterbacks yep. were putting up triple-digit passer ratings and just lighting up the Bears, and it hasn't stopped. It, it was – it's hard to – pick what was more depressing, the Bears' offense or the Bears' defense. Jason, I think I'd probably go with offense just because of the nature of Justin Fields and, and the hopes that, that he has instilled in some Bears fans. But let's get to kind of the dirty defensive stats first. Okay. Give me an ugly one. An ugly one. Uh, one sack, I think. Am I right about that? Ngakwe got one. One sack. Ngakwe. Ngakwe. I'd say that is a pretty good start. 
for the team that was last in the NFL in sacks last year. That's a pretty good start when you're looking for an ugly stat. How about this? The longest play of the game by the Packers was a throwback screen to Aaron Jones. The third longest play of the game by the Packers was essentially a little choice route to him on fourth and three that he turned into a 35-yard touchdown because T.J. Edwards was in man coverage and got beat so bad. And then the second longest play they had, Jason, was play-action pass that they called where Justin or Jordan Love took the snap, fumbled it, turned his back, picked it up, uh, continued the play fake long after the wide receiver or the running back went past him, looked down the field and saw Luke Musgrave literally with no one within 15 yards of him, heaved it to Musgrave, who caught the ball, and uh, were it not for the turf monster, would have scored. The turf monster brought him down. Packers throw a four-yard touchdown on the next play. All of a sudden, the Bears, who were down 10, and the fans were kind of back into it at the start of the fourth quarter. Bears were back down, or the Bears were back down 17, and this thing was over. Uh, that's a very Aaron Rodgers play: is to fumble a football and turn it into 37 yards. It's also uh, a very Bears defense thing to give up to. I'm way more alarmed by the offense than the way that they played today, Patrick, because I could kind of accept that the defense is a work in progress. When, on paper, personnel-wise. Yep. <clears throat> I, that defense looks like there's still some names to be filled in. Yep. The offense doesn't, though. Right. The offense, to me, they've told us on paper, now minus Tevin Jenkins, because he's hurt, this is a suitable NFL offensive line. They've brought in Chase Claypool, who they traded a major asset for with the second-round pick last year. They brought in DJ Moore, who was the player that put them over the top you and I taking that deal from Carolina. You and I both think he's their best player. I was wondering if your comment about Aaron Jones being the best player on the field was a shot at me writing that DJ Moore was going to be the best player on the field for either team. <laughs> when DJ Moore then gets targeted twice. Yep. Caught both passes, 25 yards, but targeted twice. Pat, I thought going into the season, he was going to get like half the targets every game. I thought he was going to get I thought 10 a game. You go into a game, game where they throw 30 times, 15 are going to DJ Moore. And they didn't. In fact, and when you look at Justin Fields' stats, boy, you need to not read too much into the good stuff because he finishes with 216 yards and one touchdown. Jason, most of that came in the fourth quarter when the thing was over. I mean, Roshan Johnson led them in targets and receptions, and Roshan Johnson was only playing in garbage time. Yeah, DJ Moore getting targeted twice, unexcusable. How about this? Uh Chase Claypool targeted twice. Do you know how many catches? Zero. Do you know how many times he went to the injury tent? Twice. Twice. Do you know how many times he got flagged for unnecessary roughness? Once. Once. I I found this stat, and it is one of the most alarming stats I've seen in a long time, Jason. He's now played eight games for the Bears. In seven of the eight games, he's had two catches or fewer. Seven of the eight games. Seven of the eight games he's been – he's had the production of a number four receiver, and that's probably being generous. This – boy, this has the potential to be a mess. Not overreacting from week one. We've been reacting like this since the middle of last season. Yeah, and it, it could get better. It's possible. It's conceivable. And the talent, the, the roster that they put together is there. Fine. But where is the proof of that? No, it's faith. You need what, to have faith. That's just what happens here all the time, and that's what's happening right now where it's like they're telling you in August you're not seeing it, and they're like, well, it's just the preseason. It's early. Today in the locker room, Patrick, there was a lot of, well, this is game one of 17. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how long are we going to do that? 
Mm -hmm. I, this doesn't sound to me like how good teams talk. Are we going to be here doing this? It's only week five. It's only Thanksgiving. It's right. only, oh, we're on vacation in Cabo watching the playoffs at the uh, the Tiki Hut bar. Are we going to we're going to Cabo? Oh, I am. That'd be nice. I, and I think you see some of that, too, just because of the way Justin carries himself. As you know, there were shots on TV today where they'd show Justin walk to the sideline and just kind of sit there. And, and it looked like some of the yoga breathing. Do you remember the yoga yeah, breathing from yeah. last year? But he wasn't, you know, kicking water. <laughs> he wasn't kicking, you know, uh, tubs of Gatorade with his cleats. Like, he was very composed, regular, mellow Justin. And, boy, you have to wonder, whether it's him or somebody else, if somebody is furious about this. Didn't you ask Matt Eberflus, hey, are you mad? No, somebody did. Somebody asked him if he was mad, and uh, his answer was something just like about having a lot of passion for the game and everything. Um, with Fields' performance, you know, you you are going to be a little misled if you look at that final line. Although uh, the passer rating is right there with what seventy-eight points. What he's always been. Yep. Uh, this is year three. That's right about his career passer rating. Pat, at the time he threw the pick six, mm -hmm. that put them down. 38-14 to 14 in mm -hmm. the fourth quarter. Game over, right? Right. Okay. He was at 144 yards passing. Right about what he averaged all last season when he was the least productive passing mm -hmm. quarterback in the NFL. This is the hurdle for him mm -hmm. to prove that he can do this. And, Pat, every team in the league has been reading the Sun-Times and knows that. <laughs> like, what, what did you hear in the Packers' locker room about that today? Uh, essentially, we want to keep him in the pocket and make him throw the ball. And, and Kenny Clark was respectful. This was not, we're going to make him play quarterback. This was not. It's just uh, pragmatic. Yeah, but it was, hey, we know, you know, we know he can throw a decent deep ball, but otherwise we want him to stay in the pocket. And, and throwing from there, that's, I mean, everybody in the league, every defensive coordinator in the league after watching Justin Fields put out the second great, greatest rushing season ever by a quarterback last year, sat down and went, shoot, we got to figure this out. Yeah. And you know what? They usually do. The Defensive coordinators usually do figure it out. The coaches in the NFL are awesome, and they were adapting to it in real time last year. Right. We saw some of it, but mm -hmm. not fully. Right. Now you go, into a whole, you go into a whole season where, Pat, you spend all this time. You spend from January to September, mm -hmm. and you, if you've ever seen one of these coaches, whether it's a college coach or a pro coach or whatever, how they set up their schedule, there are entire days and weeks dedicated mm -hmm. to – the opponent they're going to play. Yep. So, like, the Bears are playing Tampa next week. I guarantee there were multiple days in this offseason, maybe back in May or, or June or whenever, when it was like, this is all we're doing for days is just pouring through Tampa. Every team in the league has been doing that, getting ready for Justin Fields. Right. None more so than the NFC North teams. No, and uh, certainly the Packers uh, probably more than anybody else just because it's hard not to let some of that rivalry stuff uh, bleed into there. By the way, the rivalry update, if you'd like to, if you're curious, nine in a row. Nine in a row by the Packers, all coached by Matt LaFleur. I thought it was interesting. Um, I went to go see Jordan Love today. I'm just so intrigued by the fact that he is just the latest villain in a series here if you're Bears fans. And, and he told the story about Matt LaFleur got the Packers together and told him the story of his first NFL game which was 2019 Thursday night opener against the Bears. Remember, it's the 100th anniversary of the team. Bears thought they were going to the Super Bowl. Yep. Matt Nagy walks in wearing George Hallis' fedora. Uh, Bears take the field. 
there's a, a concert, uh, famously not a Chance the Rapper concert, but a concert across the street. It's this huge deal. Bears lay an egg against the Packers and lose. They haven't beaten them since. So uh, LaFleur is telling the Packers this story about, you know, my first ever game, the national anthem guy comes on and they start cheering the whole time and there's this big flag and I feel this emotion and, you know, whatever. So he's on the side of with Jordan Love who's about to play his second game ever uh, today. And he looks over and he sees Jim Cornelison, the anthem singer, uh, getting ready to step to the mic. And he looks over at Love and he smiles at him and he goes, hey, it's the same guy. And, that, and Love told this story about, you know, his own coach had been through the same thing and just right in the moment said, look, it's the same, it's the anthem guy I was telling you about. And that kind of relaxed him. Boy, I, you know, if, if the offense, if the Packers offense runs as smoothly going forward as it did tonight, uh, we're going to see J- Jordan Love a lot. Uh, Aaron Rodgers scored 38 or more points once last year and once the year before. Jordan Love did it in his first start against the Bears and second start ever. It's just going to be super interesting, Patrick, to watch Green Bay and the Bears' fate, big picture, is so intertwined yep. with Green Bay's. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so interesting to watch Green Bay and watch Jordan Love now and see was this just them exploiting a Bears defense that needs a lot of work still? Yep. Or is, is this what they're going to do to everyone? Is this going to be yeah. pretty much who Jordan Love is and what Green Bay is? And if that is the case, huge problem for the Bears because you go into this season right now thinking – all four teams in the North are relatively equal. You can make a case Detroit for all of them. Detroit is better. Mm-hmm. Detroit looks better. But they're all kind of work in progress. Mm-hmm. There is no Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers Green Bay team right. that's standing over everybody. Yeah. And Green, the success of the other rebuilds mm-hmm. comes at your expense. Right. It's a zero-sum game. Green Bay's rebuild goes well. With him, mm-hmm. huge problem for the Bears. Detroit's rebuild goes well for them, and they looked really good week one against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. That comes at the Bears' expense. That's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Worth pointing out that the Vikings lost today at home, uh, and they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who the Bears are going to play next week. Jason, I wanted to talk to you about uh, one of the few, I think, really important uh, swings in this game, because by the middle of the third quarter, this thing was a circus, and I don't think you can read too much into it. But it's honestly, it's the first drive in the game. You know, the Bears get to their own 40, third and one, and they decide to do the thing where Cole Komet goes in motion, uh, the tight end settles underneath the center, uh, takes a snap, falls forward, doesn't get it. We're now looking at fourth and about three inches from the Bears' own 40. They decide to go for it. And they just put Fields under center and have him lean forward. He doesn't lean forward enough. Uh, and the push from the Packers D-line stops him. Number one, I can't tell you the last time I saw a quarterback absolutely stuffed on a sneak. Uh, the way the, the Eagles uh, rigged the system to just shove their quarterback uh, for three yards, uh, I thought everybody would be doing it by now. But number one, uh, was that a sign of things to come? Uh, in the game, in your mind. Number two, do you really want Justin Fields getting dogpiled on at any point if you can avoid it? Well, that kind of makes the whole thing untenable. Like, I at first I liked the creativity of last season of having Cole Komet do the mm. quarterback sneaks because why have Fields take those hits? Yep. But if you're having to think like that in the first place, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. how sustainable that is. And one of the questions I asked Cole Komet in the locker room today, and he 
know, didn't really have much of an answer for it is like, is that thing done? Are yeah. they done with the tight end QB, the tight end sneak? Because mm -hmm. There's nothing that comes off of that. There is no other play out of there that was formation. One, there, there was. There was a play in Detroit last year where Komet did that and turned and pitched to Fields, and Fields ran for 40 yards. Do you remember this? Yes, I okay. actually do. Yes. So there was, a counter, yes. there was a counter to it, but yes. 85 out of 100 times, it's just the tight end falling forward. Maybe 95 out of 100, yeah. and everybody can see that coming. Green Bay saw that coming today. You know, um, worth pointing out, Robert Tunyon, the backup uh, tight end or the second string tight end, uh, college quarterback. So maybe, maybe. I like the idea of throwing out of that, but you're going to be able to do that like once. Right, yeah. Yeah, you get away with it once. But, it, you know, the Packers uh, took over, you know, uh, scored a touchdown, uh, were up a quick 7 nothing with a short field. And, if it, you know, it's probably not worth picking apart something that early in the game because it turned into a blowout. But you know what? If you've got a guy playing his first ever start in a rivalry, his second ever start in his NFL career, somebody with the weight of the world on him, somebody trying to live up to Aaron Rodgers, you know what you don't want to do? Give him the ball at your 40. You might want to pin him deep up against the end zone full of Bears fans screaming at him. Yeah, probably be a good idea. Uh, real quick, Valus Jones uh, was among the inactives today. I, curious, I, I thought that uh, Equinemius St. Brown was too. Not that he's special, but I've always thought of him as the fourth wide receiver on this team. Uh, obviously, uh, the Bears are showing that you got to be able to do more than return kicks in order to get a jersey on Sunday. I just wonder how much longer Velas can stay on the team if he doesn't right. have a job. Mm -hmm. You figure if they're, I mean, if they, if you believe what they say, which is they're going to work with him. Yeah, but how much longer can you do that? Because, I mean, just today you have Kyler Gordon gets hurt. Mm -hmm. Don't you probably need an extra corner? Yeah, maybe. When you're carrying seven receivers, maybe one of those spots needs to now be allocated to corner. Someone in the receiver room right. would then have to be waived to make room for that. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I think his straight line speed is something that we all agree is special. He's talented. He's so gifted. I mean, he's worth on talent being picked in the third round. Right. It just hasn't worked out. Well, and you look at Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott's got some speed, too. It's not quite Bayless' speed, but it's good. He's also half the size of Bayless Jones. Mm -hmm. Like it's, and you remember Bayless, and maybe this is a conversation for for another day. But Bayless was the third best kick returner in the NFL last year. Like, should that be enough to get you a job? I mean, Trent Taylor, the guy catching punts, doesn't do anything but yeah. catch punts. I realize why both of them can't coexist, but I, I, I would play devil's advocate and advocate and say what's keeping Velas out there and Trent Taylor or on the sideline and Trent Taylor out there instead of vice versa I don't think Velas will clear waivers no I think enough teams will have high enough opinions of him that if he if the Bears did waive him at some point this season he would be claimed but I just don't see how you can have seven receivers which is a lot to begin with and two of them that don't even play receiver with Bayless Jones mm -hmm. and Trent Taylor, who you had to bring in to do Bayless Jones' job. There's just been too many concerns with uh, with ball security with Bayless Jones, mm -hmm. even a fumble last year when he was in mm -hmm. at running back. Mm -hmm. And there is no – I see no path for him in the offense. I see no spot for him unless there are injuries. I they think brought in receivers. They brought in multiple receivers since – they drafted him, and that includes Tyler Scott, who is at least even with him, if not ahead mm -hmm. at receiver. And they've got a bunch of running backs that they like, Patrick. I just mm -hmm. don't see where Bayless has any path to play offensively mm -hmm. unless somebody gets hurt. Mm -hmm. And even then, I don't know that they 
they really trust him. I don't know. Tyler Scott, uh, 84 yards on four returns today, along of 33. That was really nice. He also caught two passes for 14 yards. You look at the Bears' leading pass catchers today uh, in order. Um, running back, tight end, wide receiver, running back. Probably not a great sign for them. Uh, I'll give you one open-ended question, and then uh, I'll get us out of here, Jason. What in the hell do they do now? Pardon, yeah. By the way, pardon my use of hell. As you know, I love casual kind of cursing. They better win. I mean, <laughs> that, that'd be the main thing because Tampa is supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league. And I know they beat the Vikings today, but right. Tampa is supposed to be at, near the bottom of the league. Yep. And it is about, even though it's a road game, it's about as easy as it's going to get for them. And you follow the next week going to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. There, there is a world where if they lose on Sunday in Tampa, that they lose by 40 in Kansas City. And then now we are in freak-out mode three weeks in the season, kind of before the season's even really gotten going. Uh, fans might be t- tuning out. That would be, that would be problematic. Yeah, and it's not supposed to be like that. I mean, the, every, last year was supposed to be like Everybody kind of knew what, we, what they were getting into last year with this, that – I don't know if everyone knew it was going to be three and fourteen bad, but right. everybody knew that that was the burn year. Right. And this, while this is not a finished product, it's it's live action now. Like mm-hmm. this all counts. These stakes right. are all real. There is the Bears have gone all out, right, trying to do whatever they can do this season. They signed Yannick Ngakwe right for ten million dollars a week in a training camp. That is what teams do when they're trying to max out whatever it is they have. Yeah, they're trying now, and they're they're signing contracts like a team that's actually trying to be competitive. And when they're not, I think uh, it is worth um, uh, wondering a whole uh, a whole bunch of things about them. But uh, that's a conversation for a different bleaker day, probably. Uh, Jason, we will be back later this week to preview the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game and bring you uh, any updates. From Hallis Hall. Until then, you can follow Jason and myself on social media. You can check out Mark Potash as well. Uh, go to the Sun Times website, check out their app, and if you are in town, pick up a newspaper. Until then, he is Jason. I am Pat. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.